Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That is Psalm 34:18. Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. I'm Sandra Flack and grateful to be back with you today. How are you doing? Are you feeling brokenhearted or crushed in spirit? Um, are you having a good day? Well, we're here to encourage you and inspire you for your parenting journey. Uh, I'm just fresh home from the mountains for a couple of weeks. Um, we always have pretty good days up there. My, my youngest son is much more regulated uh, when we're there, and um, but we're back and so far so good. This weekend, we are looking forward to an engagement barbecue for one of my older sons um he and his fiance um of course as much as we're going to celebrate that and and love that event um, it requires some special planning on my part considering my 17 year old son my youngest son um, with his trauma history and fetal alcohol spectrum disorder he just doesn't like or do well with large crowds even when the crowd is just family and friends that he mostly knows. Um, and the party is actually right next door to our house at my son's house. Um, so my younger son would really be like, I, I know how I know his MO, right? I'd make him go. He'd last five minutes and then he would flee back across the field to our house and want to just stay at our house by himself. I'm his preferred support person. Um, so when we're at something like a, a, a barbecue or a picnic or a family gathering or a holiday or whatever it is where I'm distracted and I may be visiting with other folks or you know talking to other people, playing with grandchildren, whatever it might be, my younger son, he gets stressed out. We just, and it took us a while to really realize this. I used to think it was just sensory right too many people too much stuff going on too much noise and that is certainly part of it but we also discovered um this past year that really he loses me as his one-on-one -on -one support person if i'm talking with folks and i'm you know i don't know if you can pick this up throughout this podcast <laughs> but I am a talker, right? I love to connect with people. I love to talk with people. And especially if it's people I don't see all the time or, you know, family, friends, that kind of thing. I want to chat and visit and, and all of that. And when I'm doing that, he, you know, he's not, he's socially awkward in, in some ways. And he just loses me and, and just, just, um, knowing it's not enough to know that I'm nearby um, he just gets overwhelmed and then I'm not there you know like right in his space right next to him giving him my full attention so he just some 
usually doesn't know what to do. And he would prefer to, you know, go to his room if the party were at our house or if we were at a restaurant with a group of people or at somebody's house or we've gone to a barbecue or a picnic at somebody else's house and he'd like last for a little bit of time, you know, maybe 30 minutes or whatever. And then he's wanting to go sit in our car and listen to music. And since this particular party is actually at the house next door to our house where our older son lives, he would just want to come home, but there wouldn't be anybody home and we don't really have him stay home alone. So <clears throat> we, I've had to really prepare in advance, which is something we talk about a lot on how to support and accommodate our kiddos. I have prepared in advance. There's a, a young man who, um, part of the church that we used to go to, he's um, a, a school teacher, and he has been spending some time, you know, once or twice a week over the summer with our son. So we've arranged for um, that young man to come and get our son and take him out for part of the time of the party so that they're, they'll go for ice cream, they'll go do something more one-on-one. -on -one. <clears throat> they may even come back over to our house and, and go swimming because we have a pool here. Um, but just so he has a support person so he doesn't have to feel like he's got to be in that crowd of people um, or just home alone. And um, I'm also having to put a plan together for the wedding. So this is an engagement barbecue. In November, we have a wedding. And my younger son has already announced, I'm not going to that. And, you know, we are going to compromise. He's going to come. He's going to be there for the pictures. He's going to have his dinner. And then we are arranging for someone to actually take him home if he's ready, to, whenever he's ready to go home. So, um, you know, those are just things that we have to do. Can you relate? Uh, especially our kiddos with FASD. We need a plan. We need to be able to make some accommodations to help support them so that they can feel safe so that they can feel um, supported and um, so that they can have success, right? So that, it, that it's working out good for them. We don't want to set them up for failure. We want to set them up for success. And they need our help to be able to do that oftentimes. They need our support. They need some accommodations. Um, and also while we're taking care of them, we also need to take care of ourselves because this is a lot, right? I can't just go and enjoy uh, the wedding of one of my adult children or a barbecue for one of them. It's There's a lot going on and it can be draining and stressful and just tiring. We have to take care of ourselves, which we will be talking more about today with our special guest. Um, so before we get to her, I'd like for you to check out these announcements. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey, a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. And I am so grateful for that support group, the Hope for the FASD Journey 
virtual support community. It is such a resource of support and encouragement for me, and I co-lead it. Um, and I know Natalie Vecchione, who's the other um, other leader with me, right? She says the same thing. So us, Natalie and I, and, and the other members, we get so much encouragement and support um, through that support group. So I hope that you will check it out. Maybe it's something that um, would resonate with you. Um, it, it's really, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback from members. Um, so again, hope you check that out. I also have some online workshops coming up. I'm offering a one hour intro to FASD. It's essentially, it's our lunch and learn that we normally do during the day once a month, but I'm mixing it up a little bit and I'm offering it on a Thursday evening because there's some folks who can't tune in during the day. So it's so I'm just calling it an intro to FASD. It's one hour. It's free. It's on Thursday, August 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, if you'd like to go a little bit deeper, I also have a three-hour uh, intro to FASD. So you don't have to take, these are two separate workshops. You do not have to take the intro before you take the three-hour. In the three-hour class, I'm going to cover everything we cover in the in the one-hour intro class, but we go a little bit deeper, and it's spread out over the three hours. There's more, you know, more, more involved in it. Um, so that one, the three-hour intro to FASD, is going to be on a Saturday morning, trying something new again. That is on August 19th from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, okay? So it's you can take one or the other. I've had folks take both, and they appreciate both, especially um, parents and caregivers, because they get a little bit more every time. And of course, the three-hour is just, you know, you get more, even though we're covering essentially the same material. We go deeper in everything. Um, so, and, and it's great for parents, caregivers, professionals. It's great for um Again, your your kids' youth group leader, Sunday school teacher, pastor, um, school teacher, bus driver, grandparents, babysitters, whoever your kids are encountering, if you are raising a child who may have been prenatally exposed to alcohol or other drugs, um, whether they're diagnosed or not, or maybe you're not even sure, you may have no idea. There is a huge um, number of children in the foster care system and in adoptive placements who have been prenatally exposed. Most of them aren't diagnosed, but if you tune in to one of these intros and you start learning the primary symptoms and the secondary symptoms, um, oftentimes it's a big aha moment for a lot of caregivers because they start to realize this is what's going on at my house. So um, it's, a, it's an excellent workshop. I hope you'll check it out. We do offer certificates of completion for everybody who participates in the workshops. Um, if you're a social worker licensed in New York State, we also offer CEUs. So to register for any of these online workshops or to check out other available workshops that you could sign up for um, or different kinds of training that maybe you would want to bring to your group or your agency or your support group or whoever, right? I travel, I'll be going to Atlanta in September. Um, I, I go to lots of different places to do in person. I do online. Um, so you can check all of it out at 
our website, justicefororphansny.org. If you want to sign up for one of the two workshops I mentioned for August, you can just click on registration at the top of the page. Um, if you want to check out all of the resources that we have, you would just click on, I believe the button is training at the top of the page and there's a drop down. Um, we've included a link to the website in the show notes for this episode to make it super easy for you to find it, find out. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast and leave a review depending on what platform you listen to your podcasts on. When you leave a review, when you when you are become a subscriber or a follower, it just helps the algorithm to know that this is an important podcast that people want to know about. People are listening to it and it brings it, it makes it more available. It kind of goes to the top of the search engine, so to speak. So we'd really appreciate it if you do that because we want every adoptive foster and kinship caregiver to easily find this podcast so that they can be encouraged and equipped also. Now to our guest today. Today we have Kristen Faith Evans. She is an award-winning Christian author, speaker, and mental health professional. She's also a mother of two children with rare genetic disorders and complex needs. Kristen loves walking with others on their journeys to deeper faith and mental health wholeness. She has a special place in her heart for empowering other parents of children with special needs or disabilities. As a licensed master's social worker and an, with an MA in Christian spiritual formation from Wheaton College in Illinois, she has served in church, camping, and retreat ministries and is experienced in Christian counseling, couples and family therapy, substance abuse treatment, and crisis counseling. I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her. Please welcome Kristen Faith Evans. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sandra, for having me. Well, I am thrilled. I know we first connected through social media, and I just love everything that you're doing through your disability parenting posts. Um, I find encouragement for, for my parenting journey, and I just know that our listeners will as well. So I'm so excited for them to get to hear your story and to get to know you. Uh, I know you're not an adoptive or foster parent, um, but you are caring for two children um, with disabilities. Um, so my listeners and myself, we are parenting children with trauma histories, with <laughs> prenatal exposure to alcohol um, or other drugs. And, and there are many parents who have uh, chosen to adopt children who have disabilities. So all of us are on this journey in one way or another. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd love for them to hear your story and be encouraged by your message. So um, would you share your story, your why for this ministry to, to parents? Yeah. So with having two um, actually biological children with different uh, rare genetic disorders, um, our son's was the 14th known case in the world. And uh, it was age two before we finally found out um, all the reasons for all the serious medical. And then our daughter uh, was born three years later with a very severe chromosomal deletion called Creedy-Shaw syndrome. And we, uh, my husband and I just could not imagine how that would totally impact our lives and our marriage um, and everything. And uh, we struggled in the early years of Bethany Grace. I struggled with my mental health. 
uh, very serious depression and anxiety and uh, trauma. And our marriage was crumbling. Just our lives were falling apart. And we stumbled and we just suffered emotionally um, and mentally and spiritually for years. And now that we are finally um, in a place where we are finding healing, our marriage, uh, we've healed our marriage and my mental health. Um, I just, my passion is to help prevent other caregivers from experiencing the suffering, the mental, emotional, and spiritual suffering that I went through uh, for years because um, that doesn't have to happen. And if I can share my story or share, um, skills and uh, the things that I have learned to help prevent one parent from going through what I did, um, then I've accomplished my mission. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And would you share just a give us a glimpse into that darkness, that struggle where you found yourself really at rock bottom? Yeah, so um, my story began, I was already probably stressed um, coming off of the medical trauma with our first child. And going into the pregnancy very quickly, knew that something was very wrong and it became a nightmare and traumatic. Um, and so with the emergency C-section, Beth being in the NICU for three months, watching her code, by the time she came home, I was already in a deep um, mental health spiral. And then whether it was the trauma or postpartum, went into a deep depression. My husband and I, Todd, um, at first we grieved together with the acute grief when we found out, but then um, very quickly when Bethany Grace came home, it was survival mode. Todd went into logical, keep his job, keep the house going, keep our mortgage. I went into an emotional uh, paralysis is maybe the best way and lost that support from him. It was all I could do to keep her alive in and out of ER um, 24 hour caregiving. I let myself go, knew that I probably should go for mental health treatment. Todd was like, we don't have the money. How are you going to leave the house? You know, he was a youth pastor in a small town. It's like, what would people think? That was more me probably. And so I didn't go. So I went, um, and then already in this spiritual darkness, crisis of faith. I, um, lifelong faith, grew up in the church. That was the most important thing to me and Todd and the foundation of our marriage. I just could not understand how God could allow our family to suffer, take the blessing of a healthy child from us twice and allow our daughter to suffer and struggle and be good. I, I just, not being able to find that answer tormented me literally. And then not only that, but then I was separated from God because I was angry and questioning um, and in that darkness. And so that was probably the most agonizing um, part that I went through in this darkness. So long story short, uh, when I finally did seek mental health treatment, um, Bethany Grace was about 14 months old. And by then it was too late and uh, nothing helped. I, I took the medications, the psychiatrist um, prescribed. But at that point, I was in such a deep pit that um, nothing helped. And I actually made a very serious suicide attempt. I just was so overwhelmed. I couldn't live anymore. And that depressed. And um, when I woke up in the ICU four days later, 
after having survived on a ventilator and the doctors couldn't explain how I survived. Um, I knew that God had given me a second chance, but I still, I, I still agonized over that answer. How could God be good? How can I go home to the same stress, the same emotional pain and grief watching my kids suffer and learn how to truly live? And I just didn't have the answer. I came home from the hospital 12 days later and um, walked into that stress. And I was like, I want to be alive. I want to live. I want to live for my husband and my kids. I just don't know how to do it. So I found a new therapist uh, who was excellent. And she said to me, um, I see three options that you have. You can either try to dredge through life miserable and just get through the day. You can attempt suicide again. And those are the only two options I saw. And she said, there's a third option. You can accept what you can't change and embrace your life. And I left that day thinking, I can't do that third option. It's too hard. And then uh, a couple of days later, I actually got out of the house and was hiking through a, a state park I'd been to probably 50 times and uh, came upon the lake. And the way the sun was hitting the rocks and the water, it was just beautiful. Like I'd never seen it before. And I thought, how could God create something so beautiful and so be everything so beautiful in life, but yet allow this suffering. And finally, um, it hit me. Is this what faith is? You know, for the first time in my life, I thought I knew what faith was. And I just decided um, in that moment, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand how God could allow all this to happen, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to have faith. And that's where everything started to turn around. And um, I'm not saying everything magically got better that day, um, but it began to feel the hope and the light and grow close to God again. And that gave me the hope to work really, really hard in therapy and um, begin to heal. Wow. What a, what an amazing testimony. Um, ex share with us the, this, the how did you begin to reclaim your marriage? Because I know that was really shaky through that time. What steps, how did you reclaim your marriage? Yeah. So looking back, we can see now um, how, how things came about. And now we see, you know, we tried to go to counseling. We went to marriage counseling twice. And I am pro mental health and I'm pro marriage counseling, but the experience that we had was very disheartening. Uh, we tried, we, we basically one night um, recommitted to our marriage vows, knowing what for better, for worse and sick and health and richer poor actually met um, at this point. And that was the first step was recommitting to stay together, even though we couldn't stand to be in the same room. Mm -hmm. And that was that's very hard to do and i think that's very hard for couples to do when there's so much anger and hurt and um so that was the first step and then we committed to going to marriage counseling which took scraping every penny we had together todd taking off work driving half an hour finding special caregiving walk into the office and spill our guts tell the therapist what it took to get there and he said, I want to help you. I want you to order this book and read it. And we looked at him. Like, 
did you not just hear everything we just said? We need a mediator. So we left there pretty hopeless. And so at that moment, we decided, uh, obviously, we've read books, we've listened to, you know, audio recordings, we've tried counseling, we're going to have to commit and figure out how to heal our marriage. And through faith, um, obviously, that was a huge part. So what we didn't know at the time was that caregivers who have the stress of caring for children with additional needs actually need to learn supplemental marriage skills that just aren't taught in any marriage book. Um, There's not a resource for marriage counselors really um, focused on the marriage relationship and the unique stressors. And so that was the help we needed. So we had to start problem solving of what kind of skills we needed to learn in our marriage in order to strengthen it. And um, through my years of working really hard in therapy, I began to learn some of those skills. We began to learn that we had to learn how to cope together um, with the stress and the emotions. We had to grieve together. Um, We had to problem solve in different ways that other couples typically don't have to do. And so we began to stumble through learning these skills. And then I went back to graduate school uh, for social work because then my heart began to, you know, want to help other parents and learned um, that I love researching, (laughs) that I'm a research nerd. And so I started researching the question of what makes some marriages crumble under the stress of caregiving for a child with any type of mental health, um, trauma, um, medical, chronic illness, or disability, and and what makes other marriages thrive. And so we found in the research, there are about seven or eight skills these couples learn. And so we began to really, in the past, really three or four years, and Bethany Grace is 13, we've really began to build those skills in our marriage. So it's been a process of relying on our faith, therapy, marriage counseling, and just committing to work hard to build these skills into our marriage. And the other thing that is so important for caregiving couples, we could not find a way to get, we could not find a way to get away together out of the house. My parents are incredibly supportive, but the kids were so medically fragile and there was so much stress and we didn't have the money. And we knew, my psychiatrist told me, if the two of you do not get away together, your story is not going to end well. So Todd began to make a way. He began to figure out how financially we could get out of the house, even just if it's a night five miles away in a hotel for one night away. That was a major factor in beginning to strengthen our marriage. Wow. Such an incredible story. Um, And you've gone on together to write a book about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a book for couples caring for children with disabilities. It'll be released in May of 2024. Mm -hmm. Where did the idea for the book come from? Tell us about the book. Yeah, so um, the Lord actually has brought everything full circle. We started out getting married um, because we both had committed to going into ministry. And so when we got married, that was our goal. And then uh, at the time, the kids, everything was the most stressful. We had to make the hard decision um, for Todd to leave ministry and move back to the Nashville area. So we had to leave ministry altogether. And so that was a dream we had to get up. With COVID, I had to quit working. 
because I was going into ERs and homes um, because I was a mobile crisis counselor and Bethany Grace had to immediately isolate. That opened the door for me to start working on finishing my original book about my spiritual and mental health uh, journey. And then um, through the journey of learning um, the maze of the publishing industry now, discovered um, that really what we discovered was the need is to focus on the marriage relationship. Because by the time you have all the books on how to parent your child, how to advocate for your child, um, and even in Christian ministry and the you know in the disability ministry in the church, there's just really not time left over to focus on how to strengthen the marriage relationship, with, which is so critical to caring for your child and keeping the family together. So that's where the idea came from, and it came from the skills that we had stumbled through the wilderness learning my research, um, my experience working with couples and families who have children with disabilities. And it just, it came together. And the idea came from our original internship for our master's degree at Wheaton College. Um, when we were very young after college, we did a year long internship of wilderness trips for 14 days, um, camping and resident, you know, retreat ministry. So the theme and the idea of being on this journey together and having to learn just like you have to learn wilderness survival skills and learn how to work together in that kind of environment, we realized there's skills you got to learn that are advanced that other couples don't have to learn. So um, the Lord opened the door for Todd to be able to start to work with me. I started the blog and started, you know, blog posts and he was, be, you know, able to start working on this book with me, and we realized, oh my goodness, this there's just nothing like it. So, um, yeah, it's just it's very exciting to be able to see the Lord bringing it full circle. We're able to be in ministry together again, and um, yeah, we're very excited. Well, I'm excited. So, what's the title? Do you have a title yet, or can you share it for the new book? So, the cover reveal is coming um, probably in a month. So we're Yay. technically, our lips are sealed. I can tell you um, the book basically teaches married couples the skills they need to learn in order to build a thriving marriage while caring for a child or children with any type of additional needs. So it's very practical. Yeah. Um, you know, we have scoured the research, like 150 professional studies and boiled it down into one simple sentence of this is one of the skills. We have application sections at the end of each chapter, practical ideas you can implement that day. Um, so yeah. Love it. Looking forward to it. So now this isn't your first book. Tell us about a little bit about your first book. So my first book is not not published yet. Um, okay. That That's the one that is more my deep dark mental health spiritual journey and how I, I came out of that pit. Um, my son and I actually did write uh, a little book that's actually available for free on our website. Now we decided to take it off Amazon and then just make it free. It's for siblings. Um, it's called best umbrella loving my sister with special needs. And uh, it is a therapeutic book for caregivers uh, and their child to go through to help process the emotions with having a sibling um, with extra needs. And 
you know, mixed of anger and resentment um, and the joy. And so that is a a therapeutic book uh, just available for free download on our website. I love that. And we'll make sure that we put a link in the show notes to your website, which is disabilityparenting.com. Correct. So tell us what else we can find on your website. Yeah. So in the meantime, waiting for the book to come out, we have uh, lots of resources, worksheets, couples can download. Um, I'm getting ready to post a how to process, should I go to counseling as a caregiver? And the steps and process to go through, just basically a worksheet to go through that. Lots of mental health resources, um, spiritual, how to connect with God and lower your stress and anxiety during the day. Just very simple. You can print it out, put it on the fridge, have it on your phone. We have a blog and our three, our focus is for caregivers, faith, mental health, and marriage. So we have articles on those three topics, processing the spiritual questions. Um, Yeah. So specifically for parents caring for children with additional needs. And that website is disabilityparenting.com. Mm-hmm. Correct. So we'll definitely put that link in the show notes. And that way, our listeners can even stay up to date on the release of the book and so on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so vital resources there. You also have a faith, faith book. If only it was faith book. <laughs> Facebook <laughs> um, group called Disability Moms Living Strong. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the idea was um, to goodbye my heart for faith and mental health. Um, And I do post um, some marriage. There are a lot of moms in the group who are not married. Um, So that's not the major focus. Um, It is a Christian group, but you do not have to, um, you know, have faith or, you know, ascribe as a Christian to be in the group. And it's mostly I post um, similar to what I post on Instagram, but then we have discussions um, and some application. And then we also have a chat um, going for prayer requests and just support. And so, yeah, it, it's just free, um, just request to join and would love for moms, um, to find support in that group. So that's disability moms living strong on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a link on the website. So if you go to the disabilityparenting.com, there's a link. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, why is it important for parents and caregivers to pay attention to our own mental health? Do you have, I'm sure you know the stats off the top of your head, but but why is it important? It's important. Um, it's critical. I'll use the word critical because we do have a one in three risk. Every, and if you're in a room of 100 or 90 caregivers, 30 of those are probably going to meet the clinical criteria for depression and anxiety. And then parents who've experienced either a medical trauma or um, their child has experienced trauma or some kind of mental health trauma, one in five, which I think this statistic is actually low, uh, meet the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. So first, it's being aware. Secondly, if we're healthy, our relationships are healthy. So we are healthier parents. We're able to help our children um, with their with their mental health, their development, their medical, their relationship with our children. 
is healthier. The relationship with our significant other is healthier with family and friends because it comes to a point that our family, friends, and significant other cannot be that support um, when we need professional support. So being aware of that and for just quality of life and finding joy in life and enjoying spiritual and mental health and emotional health. Um, it just impacts every area of life. Mm, so important, so important. So Kristen, most of our listeners, like I said, are adoptive, foster parents, kinship caregivers. We are raising children with trauma histories, prenatal exposure uh, to alcohol, other drugs. Um, some some parents have intentionally adopted children with disabilities. Um so many of us might not have realized, though, that this would be the, the journey that we're on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? Right. Finding ourselves caring for children with special needs, with disabilities. We need encouragement and we need support along the way. So as a parent on this journey, lots of experience, you have a wonderful testimony. Um, what advice would you offer to our listeners who are probably struggling today. Yeah, you make a good point. We all have our unique story of how we became caregivers. And even though, you know, I've talked to some adoptive parents and it's helped me see a perspective that I haven't been able to see, um, that they knew going in um, that this child had additional needs, but couldn't understand how that would impact or what it was really going to be like, or how that would impact their life or their marriage. And so we all come into this journey um, through our unique way. But there are some common struggles. And even though we may have known, um, we still struggle with our faith. We still struggle with trying to manage stress to prevent burnout. And so my encouragement would just be the word self-care, like, It just raises all these different emotions. Um, But in terms of just your emotional, spiritual, and mental health, um, I just encourage you to defy the stigma. There's a huge stigma, especially in the Christian community, um, that if you're struggling with your mental health or emotional health or your marriage, that your faith is weak. Um, And that's just not true. (laughs) You know, the Lord can heal uh, um, through prayer and Christian community. I do believe that. I also think he helps us heal and grow through counselors, um, you know, possibly medication through learning new coping skills. And so I would just encourage you, if you are thinking maybe you do need some more additional support, professional support, um, don't be afraid to be courageous and reach out and do that. And then also the other thing is I just really encourage caregivers to seek out community with other caregivers. Uh, That is critical as well. And that can be really hard to do. It is so isolating. A lot of times don't have the energy. It's so hard to connect, but I just really encourage you to, find even if it's just an online live support group or support groups in your area. And we're so passionate about that. We have lots of links on our website so you can go and find a support group. And I just want to encourage you 
there is joy. There is fullness of life. It may feel so hard, um, but there, there is always hope and always joy. And um, we have to work hard sometimes for that, but just encourage you to do what it takes to find that. Mm, such wonderful wisdom. And I hear you about the support group because myself and another mom who are on the journey, we both have adopted kids with who were prenatally exposed to alcohol. They have fetal alcohol syndrome. That is a very isolating journey. People don't understand. Family members don't understand. Um, so we started a support group and it's an online support group. And we're finding that the other, we have mostly moms. We, we do have a dad occasionally, a dad or two that will join us, but it is mostly moms. And everybody, you know, just looks forward to our group. It's faith-based also. So it's like the only FASD faith-based support group that we know of. Um, but we created that community because we needed it, myself and Natalie. Um, and we're, we're hearing that from those who have become members that they, they need this group. So you do have to find your community and you do have to reach out for all of the help that you need because it's, um, it's definitely a challenging journey. So um, when we, ha we have to take care of ourselves, right? Because if, our, if we're not healthy um, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and our marriages are not, that's not going to be good for our kids either. Um, and it certainly doesn't glorify God. So we need to be taking care of ourselves and making sure um, that we're in a good place there. So Kristen, thank you so much for so vulnerably sharing your story, um, for all that you're doing to support um, disability parents and caregivers. Um, we will include the links to, all, to your website in the, in the show notes. I'm looking forward to your book. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Sandra. Wow, what an incredible interview story. Um, Kristen's ministry to parents of children with disabilities is so vitally needed. Um, be sure to check out her website, disabilityparenting.com. Uh, she also has kristenfaithevans.com, which they're linked because you can get to either one, but go to disabilityparents.com um, and also find her on Facebook and Instagram. Again, we will post links in the show notes, but she has wonderful resources for parents and caregivers. Um, so I hope that you will check that out because it is, um, as adoptive and foster parents, you know, most of us didn't know what we were stepping into when it came to, uh, you know, we've adopted our children and maybe we had great aspirations and dreams and you know and then all of a sudden are coming to realize when we come face to face with childhood trauma and the impacts of that and prenatal exposure and um, the impacts of that um, life can look vastly different I can I can assure you and I have no regrets I will say that you know to, to have to say that no regrets ever um, you know but I have to say when we adopted our our kids, especially our four from Ukraine, um, we knew that there would be some hard things along the way. Um, but especially um, 12 years ago, when we brought home our youngest, who's now 17, going to be 18, we had no idea back then that here we would be so many years later, 
in the hardest season of our parenting ever because of his disability, because of prenatal exposure to alcohol. This is the hardest parenting, and it it's affected, um, you know, our family dynamics with our biological children, and we have grandchildren, and then it's a, you know, it's affected our marriage. Um, we have a great solid marriage, and we work really well together. But I have to say, um, there are times when it, you know, when I realize that, you know. We may never have the empty nest, and a lot of our friends who never adopted any children, they're all in empty nest mode now, right? They're going off and taking trips and doing things, and they can go to dinner, and they can do all of these things together where my husband and I, it's always my husband and I and our son, (laughs) and we do a lot of things together, and we thoroughly enjoy that, and like I said, there's no regrets, but we really have to be more intentional about carving out time for just the two of us um, because that's vitally important. And I think we can kind of get into, kind of fall into that, that mode of, well, we just do everything together, the three of us, where there's no time to just have a conversation. Um, and there are things that we often have to talk about that we don't want to talk about in front of our son because he has a lot of anxiety and stresses out about things that have nothing to do with him. So there, But it's hard for us to even be alone to have a conversation. Um, and we have a solid marriage of 36 years, but there's still a lot of challenges in there. Um, so this is Kristen's ministry Um, vitally important. I hope you all take the time to go to her website. I hope you'll purchase her book um, when that comes out in the spring. It's a marriage book. Um, It's Christian. It's faith-based. Such a vital ministry um, that we need in this space. So whether we're parenting biological children, adopted children, whether we're foster parents, um, because a lot of times foster parents you, you guys know you can't get out without respite. It's not always easy to get respite. Um, it's challenging. Life can be very, very hard. Um, you know, I've we put our yes on the table and have never looked back and have no regrets, but still didn't know what life would look like where we are right now. And we love it, but at the same time, it's hard. You guys know this is hard. Um, and because it's hard, we need to, to cling to the Lord cling to our spouse if we're if we're married cling to our community whether we're married or single we need to find our community Um, and again if you are a parent caring for children that were prenatally exposed to alcohol or other drugs we have a faith-based community for you we talked about that at the beginning of the show Um, find your people and find your counselor if you need counseling there's no shame in that right? Let's make sure that we, you know, cancel that stigma and get the help that we need so that we can be healthy for ourselves, for the Lord, for our marriages, and for our children. Make sure that we are doing that. Um, Again, thank you for listening today. I hope you were inspired by Kristen's story. I know I was. In addition to inspiring you, we always like to equip you for this unique parenting journey. If you'd like to learn more about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, FASD, how to apply the neurobehavioral model to accommodate your kiddos for success, you'll want to take advantage of our training. You can go to our website to see all of the workshops online and in person that we have available for you. Um, Go to justicefororphansny.org. Link in the show notes, of course. If you 
you know, are interested in, in, in booking a special training that where I would come to, to meet with your group or your, your agency, I'm happy to do that. I travel. Um, I love to, to be able to, to, to teach in person. Um, I also do some consultations. So if you feel like I, you're not ready for a, a, a group workshop or you just want some one-on-one -on -one to walk through some things specifically and talk through um, how to apply the neurobehavioral model to, to what's going on with your kiddos in your home, I do that as well. Um, so you can go to our website, justicefororphansny.org, reach out to me there, or you can email me directly. My email address is sandraflack at justicefororphansny.org. Remember the hope for the FASD journey virtual support community. It is also here to walk with you on your parenting journey. Um, again, details are on our website. If you enjoyed the show, again, please subscribe, leave a review, follow this podcast, share it with your friends, share about it on social media, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. I myself, Sandra Flack, am on both platforms as well. I would love to connect with you there. And I am grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.